This is Scott Becker with the Becker's Healthcare Digital Health Podcast. Thrilled today to be joined by Janice Suchita. Janice is a brilliant lawyer who focuses in the digital health area. She's going to talk to us regularly about what trends she's watching. And Janice, let me tee it up and ask you, what are the trends you're watching right now in digital health? What's, what's got your mind? What are you thinking about currently? Well, I think obviously with everyone, the biggest issue in digital health that we're looking at is telemedicine. Unfortunately, the last 18 months to gosh, almost two years now, because of COVID and the public health emergency, both on the federal level and all the state levels, uh, we have seen lots of waivers for providers to um, offer telehealth for their patients um, across a wide spectrum from behavioral health, primary care, even to specialists, just so that patients could be seen during the public health emergency. So the big question now is everyone likes telehealth. It has been a win-win for both providers and for patients. Uh, Patients love it for the ease of access, um, the way that they are able to get flexibility for their care, especially in rural areas. Providers like it for the sense of equity and more um, ease of access for all of their patients. Let me ask you a question about that. What what are the trends in, is reimbursement here to stay for this? Because that's obviously a pivotal piece for this. What, What do you sense on the reimbursement side? The reimbursement side is we are looking at CMS just issued their physician fee schedule for 2022. And obviously, as we all know, the way Medicare goes, all of the private payer goes. So I think what's very uh, fascinating is if we're looking at the physician fee schedule for next year, CMS has opened up Medicare wide open for uh, reimbursement for behavioral health, telehealth visits, for rural health centers, and for FQHCs. I think the trend for that is Medicare likes to start with the underserved and the at-risk population. That's why they're going with um, reimbursements first for rural health centers and FQHCs. And I think you're going to see Medicare follow this up with opening up telehealth reimbursements for physicians for a wide spectrum, not just for behavioral health. I think you're going to see it for urgent care, for primary care. I think it's here to stay. Gotcha. But does, does them issuing a rule that only has specifics in it, does that cause some concern for the market because they don't see it opened up right away for everything? Or, or what was your sense of the public's reaction to that? I think the reaction is Medicare, they're going to start out slowly. So, okay, we like this. Um, patients like it. Providers like it. CMS, the government always is going to go slow in the sense of we're going to see how this plays. Is it actually going to be a benefit? How is the technology going to be set up? How are we going to get these different models implemented so that we have care across the wide spectrum? So think of it as kind of dipping your toe in the water. Um, I think it's going to be successful. A lot of, I've seen a lot of my clients, large, um, obviously large hospitals, but even FQHCs, they set up their models for, for telehealth. They like it. It's been viable. Um, and I think the government is seeing, okay, if I can go ahead and get this first toe in the water, this first step manageable, and then it's, it's successful, it's going to see a floodgate and it's going to expand. 
Thank you. What about on the commercial payer side? Have they been as flexible as the community wants on telehealth? Are they sort of moving backwards on it? Or what are you hearing out there on telehealth and the reimbursement from the commercial payer environment? Um, I think everyone's going to follow the lead of CMS, but a lot of um, commercial payers like telehealth just in the sense of it's easier, it's cheaper. You're going to get more return on your investment, more bang for your buck. I'm helping several clients as they're implementing their models for ACO, especially for the Medicare Advantage. Obviously, the older population, senior citizens like a telehealth, it's easier for them to get access. They're not always able to get out of the house, things of that nature. And I'm seeing a lot of ACOs developing and implementing a telehealth feature in their models. Fantastic. Janice, anything else you wanted to share with the listeners today on this issue of telehealth and what you see evolving here? Um, I just think in the sense of I am seeing telehealth not only for reimbursement just for the traditional models. Um, Telehealth is also being, um, I think what we're going to see a big trend is telehealth across state lines. Obviously, the big factor right now is um, and maybe a a roadblock is offering telehealth to patients that not are not necessarily in your state. How do I implement a model that could be across a wide spectrum of um, a region of the United States or even across 50 states? So I think a big trend is going to be creativity for developing models that are going to be able to reach patients more than just in your backyard, so to speak. And there is policy and talk in Washington, D.C. to make it easier for interstate licensing for providers across state lines, more than the very time-consuming and egregious process right now. So we may see a 50-state interstate compact for medical licensing, hopefully soon. That would be fascinating. I mean, certainly we're not there yet. And certainly we're not there for in-person no. health care. That's going to be forever because it's so <laughs> territorial. But, but hopefully yeah. for the telehealth, it will get there. But what a fascinating set of issues. Janice, I want to thank you again for joining us. Janice is a partner at McGuire Woods, brilliant lawyer who lives in the digital health area. Thank you for joining us today on the Becker's Healthcare Digital Health Podcast, Janice. Thank you very much. Oh, it was my pleasure. Thanks for having me.